Today on The Breakdown, some of the biggest names in poker clash back in 2015. <laughs> it was a $500,000 buy-in at the Super High Roller Bowl, the first ever Super High Roller Bowl. Oh, looking back now, it all seems so quaint, doesn't it? Dan Negreanu, Thomas Marchese, known by many as the Big Nacho Cheese Dorito. <laughs> that was not his nickname, but he was called the Big Cheese and you're going to see why. <laughs> Get into this hand right now. This hand has got more twists and turns than an Agatha Christie novel. More ups and downs than a crazy roller coaster. And an elevator. An elevator would be better, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, let's get to the hand. Right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Okay. That was just straight enthusiasm. Got yeah, that's all that. it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're like uh you're like selling those those cards with with naked ladies on the Vegas strip type of enthusiasm. <laughs> you do that clicking thing, yeah. you know, you just snap it right. Yeah. yeah. That is uh sometimes you gotta sell. I was selling there, okay? I admit it. I was more twists and turns than a Agatha Christie novel. I mean, come on. What has more twists and turns than in any Agatha Christie novel, I ask you? I mean, a Stephen King novel. Whoa. That's not really true. A uh, Chuck Palahniuk novel. Wow. Now you may have me. This feels like we're in one of those novels that, that we just veered to the left so hard. It's always a big reveal in the Chuck novel. And you know what the reveal is here? What? There is no Chuck Palahniuk. Whoa. I just made that shit up. You just and went... I fucking incepted it into your brain. <laughs> but who wrote Fight Club? Who are what? What? It, wait, so the question is, did I get tricked into believing that there was Fight Club, or is this like a yesterday situation? What's, what's Fight Club? This is a yesterday situation! I'm going to write the book Fight Club and then make a movie called Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, they this is great. They could have done that movie yesterday, not Fight Club, so much better. Could have done it better. I'm just going to say this. I think it takes an, a little too much shit because the, the last third of it is so much worse than the first two thirds. Yes. I think the first two thirds is really a, fa- a fabulous movie and could have been great. And then it really doesn't know what to do at all. I, this, really is a, this is a spoiler. So if you haven't seen yesterday and you really care about the terrible ending of the movie yesterday, yeah. stop listening for the next 15 seconds. But I cannot believe they did not end the movie with him singing Wonderwall to her. I cannot fucking believe it. They I mean, set that up incredibly well for that to be what happened. And that's not what happened. Hmm. There were a bunch of things they could have done that would have been... What, almost any, dis, any set of decisions for the last third of the movie would have been better you, than what they Do you know why I, I'm saying that specifically? It's because the Oasis didn't exist there either, right? Right. It was only... The only things that didn't exist that we knew about were the Beatles, Oasis, and Coca-Cola, I think. Cigarettes and Harry Potter? Cigarettes, Harry Potter. Okay, so yeah. Five things maybe total. One of them being Oasis, which is the other only other musical thing besides the Beatles. And it was referenced that he sang in an open mic Wonderwall and it made her fall in love with him in high school. Like it was referenced. Right. But so the question is this. So, but like, I can't believe we're getting into this. Yeah, well we are. So he, um, like his whole thing though, is that he like comes clean and tells the world. He doesn't want to lie anymore. So he's going to sing Wonderwall to her and pretend, not pretend it says, I guess that's what we're saying. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can be honest. No, forget about the coming clean. Fuck that. Like different ending. (laughs) Like the ending should have oh, yeah, should have yeah, been yeah. him singing Wonderwall. How about he gets found out somehow? Yeah, does get somewhat disgraced. Yeah, but against his will, and then 
Wonderwall's the hell out of it. It's like, I'm going to make it anyway. Yeah. That's not my kind of ending. Yeah. yeah that's more interesting. I just me. can't believe they did the setup for Wonderwall and I didn't fucking go for it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, that movie I thought was really good for a long time. And by the way, he, I think he does all the all his own singing for that. That's pretty good. It's really good. He's, yeah. he's very talented. Yeah. It's, I mean, to be fair to the movie, it did like, like the Beatles are, are so ridiculously well known and like, you almost it almost kind of washes over you as just that's normal music when you hear it right like mm-hmm. um, and you kind of forget how good it is mm. but that movie lets you reintroduce yourself to how good it is when yeah. when you hear like his original music that's not Beatles music next to the Beatles music and it's like not that different in quality but it's different enough you're like there's something different there yeah you know? and like in the very beginning when he plays yesterday for yeah. the first time in this world and anyway, yeah. the world that he's in um, and it's such a, I mean, it's a fabulous version. I mean, right. it's just him singing it. It's like, you know, it's a, it's, it's just yesterday, but yesterday's a great song. And the reaction everyone has, and it's believable. Like, yeah. So often in movies, like something happens and we're supposed to like, like that's the most beautiful piece of art I've ever seen. And you're like, no, it's fucking not. But yesterday actually is one of the great songs, you know? And so they react like they can't believe he just did this because he's just a, a mediocre singer songwriter. Right. And he just sang one of the greatest songs of all time, basically. And he keeps doing that because he keeps doing Beatles songs. And the realization that so many Beatles songs are that good, like when you stack them all up, is really cool. There's the, that other moment, and then we'll have to get to the hand. Yeah. Well, Ed Sheeran, he's on, yeah. he's on tour with Ed Sheeran, and Ed Sheeran's like, let's have a contest. We'll each we'll take 10 minutes to write a song, and we'll see who wins. And, of course, our guy cheats, like yeah. he does, and does the long and winding road after Ed Sheeran sings his song. And, Ed, and they're about to vote, and Ed Sheeran's like, no vote, no vote. That's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. Like, you're, you're Amadeus, I'm, I'm Solar. You know, yeah. You're Mozart. Congratulations. And walks away sadly. Yeah. Um, and, like... And by the way, it's a fat and the long and winding road, which is not a song I give that much credence to. It's it sounds amazing. He's it's a great version, and yep. the song is great. Yeah. So I mean, I think to wrap this up, obviously there's good parts of the movie, like you said, the first two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept is awesome. It's Fabulous. incredible concept based on a book. I think it upsets. I don't think I'm alone in this. It upsets me more to have a movie like that that just fucks the ending up so badly versus yeah. a movie that's bad throughout. Like because because it's it's like taking something away from the viewer, right? Instead of instead of just like oh that was never good. That's uh, that's fucking Hobbs versus Hobbs and Shaw. I knew yeah. it was just going to be a bunch of explosions on an island. Like, so so to this point exactly. Uh, two days ago. I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is the new Angelina Jolie movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's on uh, Netflix or uh, HBO Max. HBO, okay, whatever. Um, so it's written and directed by Taylor Sheridan, who's the guy who did Sicario. He did from Hell or High Water. He, um, and he did uh, oh, the, the Jeremy Renner movie that's so good. The it's really sad Jeremy Renner with, the, with John Berthenau. Oh, Wind River. Wind River. Yeah, yeah that movie's my, fucking great. That's my favorite movie of 2017. So I'm watching this movie. And it's really good. Yeah. Like, really, I was super surprised. Um, even though I love Taylor Sheridan stuff. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know it was him until I, until I just as I was about to start watching. I'm like, oh, he did this. And then it was really good right away and stayed really good throughout the entire movie. And it's also got, like, like these other movies, it's got, like, violence and crime and yeah. intensity. Um, and it's really going well, this movie, in terms of just the execution of it. And then, you know, we get to the climactic scene and they cheat. Uh, like it's a big cheating moment where like to make all to make the right people win and survive. And I, it's the whole time we've been like taught 
by this movie to like trust the laws of physics, basically. Like the bad guys are really fucking competent and they win whenever they're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if Angelina's like got a, a big head of steam and an axe. Like, the guy who's a fucking trained fighter takes her out, no problem. Like, knocks the axe out of her hand, drops her to the ground, has no problem with her. It's not an issue, you know? And suddenly the trained fighter gets taken apart by people who shouldn't be able to take him apart. Like, they break the laws of their own movie, and it is so deeply disappointing. It was really mm. disappointing to me that that's how they did it. Um, there could have been ways to save these people without cheating, you know, but they just cheated very directly, and it really, was, it really hurts the whole movie. And, like, through the whole movie, I'm like, this is the best movie of the year so far for me. And then it wasn't, you know, and I had to put it below the goddamn Mitchell versus the Machines, which is still my number one. It's been a rough year. <laughs> but, you know... So yeah, so you're you're on board with it being way more disappointing for a movie to be good partway through and then terrible. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think that's true for the first time you see it anyway. Yeah. Like that was true for me with Interstellar, right? For all the you know, love is the fifth element yeah. kind of a thing. But like upon a rewatch, I now know that that's going to happen. I can appreciate it for what it is. And I, when I watched it the second time, I was like, wow, Interstellar's fucking great. Until that, it is great. Well, that but I'm willing, but I know that's coming. I'm willing to forgive that. Yeah, and then. And I think that's probably going to be true for this movie too, ultimately, where I'm, I understand that like I can just pretend the last little bit didn't happen. Source code, the movie Source Code is yeah. t- a t- the last 30 seconds of Source Code like cheats. Yeah, it does. If you forget, but, but you can, that movie, you could just pretend that doesn't even exist and the rest of the movie plays perfectly and ends perfectly. Or you could just watch Moon instead, which is a better movie by the same person. They're both really good movies. I love Source Code though. Um, and I just, that's what I just tell myself. I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. That's like a weird fever dream before he dies or something. Cause yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Just like source code is a wonderful film, you know, really exciting, really cool, really interesting concept. Anyway. Poker. Poker forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's something about this hand. Um, I have an inkling that we've done it before. Oh yeah. But it's not on our current podcast feed, which has 438 tracks on it. Wow. So that's a lot of tracks. It's been many years that we've had this feed, almost four years, I believe. Uh, we do have an actual archive of tracks that was a previous podcast feed. We don't need to get into why we moved. So we did about 200 episodes before moving feeds. Mm-hmm. If we've done this hand before, it was on that old feed. Even if we've done it, I'm cool with it because it's been years and we're going to look at it through a new lens and that's cool anyway. Um, by the way, that archive is available for purchase for a hundred dollars. If you want it, you just have to email us because, because <laughs> yeah. we, we stopped like caring about selling it. You can tweet at us. We tweeted us. Yeah. Um, it's like 200 episodes, something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact numbers. You get it for a hundred bucks. It's our very first episode up until our 200th or so episode. It was some, it was a lot of hours for a hundred dollars. That's yeah. what I remember. It was like three figure hours for sure. Like, right. Um, you just did all that. We're doing this whole thing just so you could try and sell the damn archive, though. You son That's of a bitch. That's why we talked about source code. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Disappointing movies. Yeah. Um, that are also really good. So, yeah. So, this hand, I know we've thought about doing it. I'm not sure we did it, but we're doing it now, and it's a fun hand, and we're going to enjoy it. We're doing it live. We always do. We, we don't prep at all. All right. So, this was suggested by Alex Klaus on Twitter. We are, of course, the Poker Guys on Twitter, and if you want to suggest a hand, please include a video link and a timestamp, or we won't do your damn hand, you foolios. It's mean, but it's true. It is mean, but it is also true. Yeah. yeah. Tom Marchese, the big cheese. We haven't really seen him a lot since this 2015 mm. Super High Roller Bowl. This is, I think, literally the last time I've seen him. 
He was a kind of a big deal in the high roller community for a little while there. There was at least a little, like a, a, a four-week period where people were like, is Tom Marchese the best player yeah. in the world? I think he, he played a lot of the Alpha 8s yeah, and did well in those. Right around there, I think, is yeah. when people were saying it. Um, but that quickly passed. It was like, are Tom Marchese and Lucky Chewy two of the top five players in the world? Yeah. It was that moment. Yeah, and yeah. they probably, you know, have been consistently you know, in the top 25, Yeah, at least in terms of tournament play, of right. course, right? Um, and maybe still are. I wouldn't know yeah. anymore. And maybe no one knows. Maybe it's too hard to know because of all the new stuff that's happening all the time. Right. You There's know? like Limitless and people like that. Exactly. Like, it's, it's tough. But either way, those guys are really good. And Marchese has, has been a force for a very, very long time in poker. Yes. Um, but we don't even know if he exists anymore, having said that. Uh, yeah. Like, so 2015, though, the Super High Roller Bowl, what an exciting time in poker. Do you remember the feelings of that time when, like, you know, it was a couple years after, or maybe it was just one year after the first one drop. Was the first one drop 2012 or 2014? 20, I don't know. Either way. I'm going to say 2012. Either way, it was a 500K buy-in. It's a super big deal. Yeah. It was so fun to have this type of content out there. Yeah. It was very exciting. It's now down to a 300K buy-in for the live Super High Roller Bowls. It was right away, actually. The very next year, they started making a 300K. Was it right away? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, that's okay. They only got 43 players for this 500K buy-in, which... Right. Maybe it was a little disappointing to them, I yep. think, because the one drop had, what, 48, but was capped, and people wanted to get in and couldn't. Yeah. They were running satellites for there's it. There's something, I mean, it, it's got the World Series of Poker branding, which helps a lot, and also there's something really alluring about the $1 million buy-in, I think, for the whales to want to play. I think all of that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I wonder if they're going to do any more one drops where pros are allowed, because they stopped allowing pros the last time they did a live one drop. But that wasn't for the World Series. That was for a different yeah. uh, thing. The World Series is definitely going to allow pros to play. For sure. Yeah, I mean, if they, it should be their second most watched thing, so they would want pros to play. I mean, there's no way they're going to give out a bracelet that, like, Phil Ivey doesn't have a chance to win. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, unless it's the, you know, the, the seniors event or, like, you know, an yeah. event like that. But, like, it can't just be a billionaires-only event. Like, right. fuck you, billionaires. Like, you're doing well enough. Don't you have enough special yeah. privileges? You don't need to, like, go through customs. Yeah, like, how, fuck you. you how don't Bob doesn't want to get check raised, so we're not going to let pros in. Right. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Basically. All right. So... Anyway, here we are. 500K buy-in. Yeah. 12K, 24K are the blinds. We still have uh, at least a full table and probably a second table. Um, Mar- Tom Marchese's on the button. Folds to him. He's got 1.7 million, so pretty deep at 24K mm-hmm. big blind. He's going to open to 56K with Jack Three of Spades on the button on Negranu's big blind. Is this too much with Negranu being the big blind? Like, if you're going to open hand like Jack Three of Spades, you want some fold equity, right? Do you have any fold equity against Negranu? You have a tiny bit of fold equity. I mean, he's folding some of his. He's folding like twenty percent or something. He did go fifty six k, which is kind of big at twelve twenty four. I wonder if that's part of it. It's two and a half x. Yeah, uh, I I think. Oh, it's not two and a half x. Actually, it's two and a third. Uh, I think it's totally fine to open this on Negranu's big blind. Uh, having position is a really big deal, and at this point, I would say Marchese was technically a way better player than Negreanu was. And that may not be true anymore, considering yeah. all the study Negreanu's been putting in lately. But I would guess at this point, he was probably better than almost everyone, technically. Having position, too, is just an overwhelming... Adva- not overwhelming. It's a big advantage that he should be taking advantage of as much as he can. It is. It is. Jack-3 suited is like pretty close to where you would not be interested in opening, though. I mean, I think you're just opening all suited broadways and not thinking about it. Like, I guess so. I mean, clearly, if we're opening Jack three, right? Yeah, like that's pretty much all suited Broadway. It's not like, but I mean, like ten. I think we're opening ten deuce suited. Also, I do. I don't think we're opening nine deuce suited. Okay, that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, 
I think it's all marginal. I think you could definitely argue for a fold, but it doesn't really matter. If you think you have an edge, though, like why wouldn't you open it? Because there's other edges that are yeah. better. Yeah. Like you could you could be opening nine ten off instead, and it would be better. You can, but they didn't give you nine ten off. They give you jack three. So now what? The bastards. This is why we haven't seen Marchese for years. They didn't <laughs> give him nine ten off. I mean, this this is one of the things that is true though. Like like there aren't that especially in these kinds of fields. It isn't going to fold to the button that often. Yeah. So like you don't you're not even you're so excited that they actually folded to you. You're really looking to like play the hand if you can at all. You're probably stretching a little bit to play it if anything. You know. All right. To nitpick a little bit, yeah. should he be making it like seventy k instead? Of fifty six k, if he's going to for more fold equity, because it's Negreanu. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of like Joe McKeehan did against that one really call heavy guy in his final table that he won the World Series main event. McKeon mm. was mid opening the whole final table, and then this one guy would just never fold right. anything ever. And McKeon started three xing that guy's blind. Yeah, and it worked really well. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Okay, maybe he should. Maybe he should be making it more if he thinks if you just think you're going to get more calls, just charge him. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I think that's pretty cool. Well, I guess maybe that's why we don't see Tom Marchese anymore. He made it 56, not 70. Yep, and now, now he's a construction worker. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? All right. He's a little cheese now. I guess so. Daniel Negron is still around, though. We've been seeing him play a lot recently. We've seen him lose a lot, actually. He's everywhere. He's losing everywhere. Everywhere he's losing. <laughs> <laughs> he's got 880K in front of him, so he's the effective stack at the 12K, 24K. Blind level. 37 blinds. Yeah. He's got 10-7 off, which is not his favorite hand, despite what the title of the video that we were suggested says. 10-7 suited is his favorite hand. Look at you, mister. I know everything about Daniel Negreanu. I am a Negreanu historian. What's the name of his pet fish? Beelzebub. Nope. The right answer is, which pet fish, you dummy? The one that he loves more is Beelzebub. Oh, okay. So, you, okay, maybe you took that another level. Yeah. I apologize. You should apologize. I just did. All right. How about one for you? Yeah. What color of tractor would he buy if he were to buy a tractor? Well, if they made him in this color, he would buy purple, but they don't. But he's Negreanu, so maybe they will for him. Yeah. That's the answer. I think word for word, it's, that's the answer. Uh, right? That is the answer. <laughs> yeah, you got that one right. All right. Does he think the moon exists outside of the sky, or does he think it's, like, stuck in the sky? I don't understand the question. <laughs> you know, like the, the moon orbits the earth, but it's stuck in the sky instead of it being like in space. And there's like a dome and the moon is on the dome. <laughs> does the ground oh, think that? Yeah, of course he does. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> Choice center, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The moon is stuck in the sky. Classic Negreanu. All right. <laughs> Ten of hearts, seven of diamonds. He defends. Right. Okay. Pot's 148K. Yes. Flop is eight of clubs, six of diamonds, deuce of hearts. Sure. Negreanu checks. Yes. Is this a C-bet from Marchese? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I would C-bet this. It feels like a negreanu board. Like, are we getting any folds? Like, we're probably folding out, like, King-10, maybe? I, I don't even know if we're folding out King-10. Queen-10. Maybe maybe the Queen-10s of the world. Maybe Queen-9 folds? Queen-4 queen suited. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot we're folding out. This feels like we should just check. It does. And, and to our point, by the way, Negrano has the kind of hand he is not going to fold. Yeah, he has a gut shot. He's either going to call or he's going to race. So I like a check back. I, don't, I actually don't even know what Marchese does. I didn't watch this part of the hand. I just saw the river. Uh, so spoiler alert, there's, we're going to get to the river. Huge um, spoiler. But uh, I, think, I think this is a pretty straightforward check most of the time. It really depends on what you think Negreanu is doing with King High and hands like that. If he's if he's calling King High, it's definitely a check. If he's folding King High, it's definitely a bet. Yeah, I mean Marchese did open the button, so he's a lot wider too, as we see. So yeah. he has more of this part of his this this 
uh, flop in his range, but still. But still, if you can't practically make your opponent fold enough, it's not worth it. Yeah, who cares? And Negron, who likes to call anyway, it just doesn't feel like he's going to go anywhere that often enough anyway. Yeah. Probably not. Although, you know, maybe at the time in 2015, Negrano would still fold a hand like King-10, King-Jack, one C bet on it. Maybe even hands like Ace-5 with no back doors and stuff like that. Mm. Maybe just like, you know what, why why deal with right. it? Right. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, it is a 500K buy-in, too, and I wonder if that's going to make people tighter, even guys like Negrano. It's possible. Back, especially when it was like not common to have a buy-in like yeah. that. It's still not common, but it's more common to have 100K plus buy-ins. Sure. No, I mean, Negreanu now, like, you know, who plays for like a million dollars regularly, it feels like, you know, not not that much, but he plays for like really big amounts, maybe uh, even a 500 buy and it's like, he's desensitized maybe more to it than he used to be. I would think so. I don't know, and one, still, it's a lot. It's a lot for almost everybody. Anyway, Marquez is going to bet. Okay. I think it's probably not good, but... It seems like it's too much, but again, maybe he thinks like Negreanu is just overfolding yeah. because it's a 500K. Maybe. So he bets 70K. He gives himself a chance to fold out the king highs and stuff. He goes almost half pot. It's too bad that there isn't even one spade on this board. I know. That really sucks. Yeah. Jack three of spades is his hand. All right. To call or to raise as Negrano. Yeah. This is a pretty good time to raise. I was thinking that the whole time. I love a raise here. Yeah. Like, let's make it 200K. We just did this whole thing about how this is better for Negrano, this board, and, like, he's not folding anyway, and, like, but we actually only have 10 high. Like, Yeah. We have a lot of two-pair combos on this board. We have some sets on this board. Yep. Certainly, we have some straight draws, but there's no flush draw out there that Marchese can put us on, which helps. I think I like a raise. I do, too. I like a raise. We've got, if, if called, we have reasonable equity. Like, a 10 is often good. Of course, a 9 is good. A 7 is sometimes good. A 7 is good sometimes, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, we don't have to bet the turn if called. Yeah, we can decide. We know we can see what the card is and, and make a determination. We don't have to put in a lot, but I agree. Let's pull a trigger. Here. And if we knew that that uh, Marchese was basically betting this flop with impunity, no matter what his hand, because he has no reason about this flop. Yes, combinatorially with Jack three of spades, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense to raise. Did you say you wanted to make it three hundred k? Two hundred. Oh, okay, yeah, three hundred seemed like a lot. Yeah, two hundred seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, I will say we get into some weird stack-to-pot stuff pretty quickly by making it 200K. That's the only downside, right? That's fine. There's gonna, if, if called, there's going to be 550K in the pot, and we'll have like 650K left. It's we don't, fine. But we can just check. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Stop worrying so much about stack-to-pot. I mean, I sort of agree. Like, I think, like, we can just make a play. This can be like, just like, is this going to work? Yeah. And if it doesn't, will I hit a 10, a 7, or a 9? No, I can give up almost always if I want. Seems and like on, it. On, on a few cards, maybe we continue. Maybe on an 8, we continue. Yeah. You know, but like, any kind of big, any kind of overcard, we just check. Yeah. Anything, you know, jack or higher, we check. And, and we can give up anyway. It's fine. Cool. Well, Negrano calls... Okay. And once I see and think about the call, it makes me like the raise more because I dislike the call. Like, Okay, talk about that. I just don't like calling to hit with a hand like this yeah. when we have a range advantage. Like, what are we going to do on the turn when a queen comes and he bets again? We're just going to fold? Cool. Yeah, um, I think we are just going to fold. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems to me also as Negrano, we have so many better hands to call with than this, right? We have a lot of pairs. We have... We, if we're going to call, like, calling a hand like king-queen or something like that, king-jack. Or we could actually be ahead more. We can be ahead. And also, like, we have cards that where we hit and then, like, he might he's going to continue to yeah. barrel, right? Like, having a king is kind of, king-10 is kind of great because if a king comes, he's likely to continue to barrel. Right, whereas if any of our cards come, he's going to be scared. 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, who you never really know, but you would think like a 10, he might just check back at 10. He's like, yeah, yeah. Seven never also. Fold, never in a nine, right? I'm yeah. never folding this, this guy out now. Like, yeah. you may just think that, so. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I really prefer a raise here the more we think yeah, about it. Me too. You know, poker, poker rewards the aggressive, and that's why you see so many guys, really good players, be aggressive a lot, you know, like yeah. with, with raising and stuff post-flop. Um, obviously, there's a lot. The poker's become a lot more passive than it used to be, and it's a lot more, you know, pot control yeah. and allowing people to bluff and stuff. But, you know, when you can't reasonably just check call, then doing the other thing is a good idea. By the way, how do we get value if we hit a nine anyway? Right. A raise is way better. Yeah. Okay. So we don't like either of these guys' flops decisions. We think, and when, say, when I say we don't like, we think there are probably better decisions. Yeah, I mean, these it's are not, fine. We can't kill these decisions. No, these are not the end of the world, no. of course. But we think it, yeah, we think Marchese is probably better to check. We think McGrath is probably better to race. Yep. Cool. Well, a good place to make good decisions in poker is nitrogen sports. Where? Nitrogen sports. No, I don't, I don't mean internet. The internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah the, internet. the internet has these things called links. Links. Yeah, there's a link in the description of this podcast that brings you to the magical land of nitrogen sports. Mm. There you can sign up. It's very easy, just a username and password, and then you get access only if you use the link to all of the exclusive poker guy shit yeah. that everybody loves. There's so much of it. Yeah, so much shit. There's like, <laughs> at the end of every month, there's our famous poker guys, famous us anyway, poker guys tournament. Yeah. Which, uh, if you use the link in the description to sign up, that's one of the goodies. And there's always a surprisingly large overlay. Free money. Yes, free money. At least 40% of their prize pool will be put in by nitrogen. Usually a lot more, because they're putting up 50 millibits, guaranteeing 50 millibits no matter what. And the most can ever have in there is 30 millibits, based on the uh, max amount of players. Usually it's a lot less, though. So free money, thousands of dollars for free. Just, you know, Just go ahead, go take it. Just take it. And if you like sports... It's also called Nitrogen Sports. There's sports betting you can do there. And, you know, speaking of free money and sports, you can actually combine those things from time to time because other benefits of using the link include March Madness brackets that we've had in the past where they just throw in 300 bucks because just, they just fucking want to. Yeah, I don't even know. They've, they've like, uh, added prize money to fantasy football leagues that have been run. Yep, multiple by the, times. By the poke guys. Stuff like that. If you want access to that cool shit, be part of the community. Get in there. Get in there. Get you some poker. Poker. That was a different thing. Um, poker. Oh, is that is that a different poker site? That's poker. the that's the monastic poker site that we are working on with the uh, the monks. The monks. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the monks. You know, a lot of different sects of monks like they they try to make money for themselves. That's why they brew beer and stuff. Yeah. There's like so you know there's this sect of monks who we're launching a poker site with. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. So we have an agreement. This isn't going to surprise anyone. I don't think we have an agreement with nitrogen. Yeah, to sponsor this podcast. Do we do? Yeah, and I thought we were just talking about it. And one of the so they they pay us. Uh, one of the deals, one of the, one of the factors in it is that uh, we would not ever take on in the same podcast a second poker sponsorship. Right? Yeah. So like, if we were going to have someone else sponsor us, who's a poker site, we'd have to be. We have to make a different a, podcast. a different podcast yeah. for that. Right. That makes sense. Here's my question. Let's say we have a fake poker sponsorship like Monastic Poker. Are we allowed to do a fake ad for that in this podcast, or is that going to piss somebody off? If it's not going to take any of Nitrogen's market share, I don't see why it's going to be a problem. I mean, it shouldn't be able to take any of Nitrogen's market share because it's not real. But I don't know. I don't know. Can we? I mean, maybe maybe some guy in Ohio is going to spend all night typing in monastic poker site instead of using the link in the description to sign up for nitrogen and, huh. you, lose, and you lose his business. Well, I mean, 
They he just types it and refreshes over and over again. And like, it's got to be there now. <laughs> They're probably still building it. Yeah. How about now? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the end of uh, Social Network where he keeps like refreshing to see if she's friended him. Oh, yeah. Same, same thing. Yeah. Very unrealistic ending to a very good movie. Is that an unrealistic ending? Yes. Why? We're supposed to believe this is the thing that's driven him all these years is like this. No, woman no, and, no. I think you're misreading the ending of I hope the social so. network. I, the way I interpret this is that he has forsaken so much to pursue the things that he's pursued. And this is a, a window into what he's lost. And it's showing like all these billions of dollars can't fill that void. And it's not saying that that's the only thing in his life that matters. It's just saying there is that void there and he unavoidably has that void because of the path he's chosen. See, if they were going for that, though, shouldn't, shouldn't he be reaching out to Andrew Garfield at the end, not this girl who broke up with him before he even started Facebook, who told him he was an asshole before he ever even started? Like, why her? Because she was before it all. But so was Andrew Garfield. He was before it all. No, too. but he was entwined with yes. it and she wasn't, right? Yeah. So I think that's the, that's the thing. It's hmm. like, this is my pre- Facebook life and I've made billions of dollars, right. but I could have just been a normal fucking Harvard student and, you know, had a life like a normal person. He was already a dick. <laughs> yes, but he, everybody can tell themselves whatever they want. Yeah, I know, of course. Including Mark Zuckerberg. Hmm. Okay. All right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I just, him, him like clicking refresh over and over just seemed like. How did I well, just. I was, Mark Zuckerberg would never do that. He would, he do, even if he was doing a friend request, he wouldn't, he would know not to keep, keep clicking refresh. It's even, even that alone is also built into it. It's like, obviously he would know not to keep clicking refresh, but he's at, at his core. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Uh, right. That's good. That I like that. I buy that, that one more than I buy the other one. How am I schooling you on Sorkin? It's confusing. I fucking hate Sorkin. You love Sorkin, but you love to hate him. He hates to love you, which is the weird part. He does hate that he loves me. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't hate that he loves you. He hates to love you. It's a little different. Okay. Because hating that he loves you means he loves you. Hating to love you means he hates to love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You anyway. Need, you need to love Sorkin more. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back right. to the poker. Yes. All right, we've got the bet of 70K by Marchese on the flop of 8-6 deuce with no spades. It's a rainbow board. He's got jack three of spades. Negranu has check called with 10-7 off with a gut shot. Right. The pot is 288K. Great. The turn is the five of spades. Whoa! And he does build equity for both players. Yeah. Marchese now has a gut shot, a forward make him a straight. Negranu now has a double gutter. Yeah. Right? He does? Yes. Cool. Good for him. He does. So. I mean, Negranu's open-ended, actually. Yes, that's what I meant by double gutter. He actually has a cool thing, though, where a nine makes him not just a straight, but the best The super straight. nuts. Yeah. All right. How should this go? Okay, Negreanu could absolutely lead here after it's going a, check It's call. definitely a scary card for Marchese when Negreanu check calls. Absolutely. Like, Negreanu could have made a lot of two pairs. He could have made a straight. Yep. What's, I guess we, we have enough hand now that we could also decide to check raise if we wanted as Negranu, but I don't like the idea of check calling again. The bet's going to be a lot bigger this time if it happens, right? I don't think we should expect to be able to get a check raise in either because Marchese is going to check back with a lot of hands now yeah. that have some value. If he has like ace eight, he's going to check this card, right? I agree. I agree. He's checking like he's checking most of his range here. Um, I, I just don't, I like leading a lot. I do too. And I don't want to have to check call with 10 high on the turn. So well, let's it would leave. be a, it would be a check raise, I think, if if you got okay. that. Okay, fair enough. But I, I just think well, that's that, that's better. I but think that opportunity is not going to come up that often. Yeah, is my issue with it. Yeah, and the times when Marchese bets, 
Um, sometimes we're going to be check raising into a hand that's going to feel like it has to call us, I think, which is, you know, not really ideal. You know, like some of the hands he bets are going to be good hands. Yes. <laughs> that are going to call. Yeah. And so like, like, I guess that's, if we lead, that's going to be cheaper is what I'm saying. Like if he has two Kings, he may call our check raise and now we've, we've committed so much, but if we just lead, we're still like, we still have chips. Also, we get to win against hands like ace and king high yeah. that might check back now and then like do a side check back on the river when we don't improve and just get to win against us, yeah. which sucks. You know? Totally sucks. I, know, I really like taking control of this hand. We, I mean, we wanted him to raise on the flop. This is a good card now if we weren't going to raise on the flop to lead. I agree. But he doesn't. He checks. Rats. Darn. Well, I, guess, I guess we shouldn't have led. I guess we were wrong. <laughs> Eight, six, deuce, five. Marchese, jack three. He did pick up the gutter. Should he be betting with Jack three? I mean, the problem with betting, I mean, I like picking up the gutter. The problem with betting is, do we really think we're going to fold out Negranu? Like Negranu, who loves to call, knows this is his board more than ours. Like, I think the, I think the inflection point question is, what's he going to do with a six with no other equity? Like if Negranu is queen six suited, is he going to call or fold? And if he's going to call with a hand like that, I think we should check. And if he's going to fold a hand like that, I think we should bet. I mean, if he's not playing money scared at all, he's calling because he's standing in the ground. There's yeah. no way he's folding second pair, right? Yeah. Um, if, he's, if the 500K is, if he's feeling that, then he might fold. That's, I guess we don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I, w- I would later. guess, I would, I would default to he's probably not folding. Yeah. A six. So then I think we should check. Yeah. And just hope to realize some equity by hitting a pair or just the gutter. Give up is fine, too. Yeah. Like, we just don't think we're going to get this one through. We no, haven't put that much in. It's, it's okay. a bad run out for us. Yeah, we're probably going to lose this hand. Yeah. That's okay. We're just giving up. Well, the river is the three of diamonds. Wait a second. Marchese makes a pair of threes. It's eight, six, deuce, five, three. No flush comes in. You know what they say when, that, when a three comes? Nitrogen sports. No. No. Monastic poker. We're not doing that. We're done with the ads. Oh, um, monastic poker. What would the slogan be for monastic poker, though? <laughs> In God we trust. <laughs> Come pray with us. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's not easy being cheesy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's what they say for Tom Casey. So here we are. We, got, we hit that bottom pair. That's cool. As Marchese, the plan is probably just to check it back and and hope we win a little bit, right? All right, so should we get the opportunity to check it back? Shouldn't the ground bet, or should he just give up with 10 high? I like betting here. Okay. I mean, I feel like Marchese has a lot of king 10. He has a lot of, like, hands that missed, checked back, and now this card shouldn't change anything much of the time. And Negreanu should have at least one pair almost always, right? Yeah. So... I think Negreanu should absolutely be bluffing here, trying to get ace high, king high, queen high to fold. All right. Negreanu bets 110 into 288. What do you think about the sizing? Oh, so small. It's so, it does look super value-y, which is kind of cool. I think he might be trying to expand his value range. Like maybe he can have ace six now. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think, I think you could reasonably bet ace six for 110 here. And, that's uh, probably the bottom, though, on this run out. Um, you have to get called by a worse hand. Yeah. You need, you need him to have turned like a five, basically, yeah. right? You're trying to give out. So maybe you could bet some other sixes because you're trying to get called by a five. Some other good sixes. Anyway. I think a six because you're trying to get called by a six, too. Yeah, but I'm saying good sixes. So like king six. Although the question is, what does Marchese have? What's, it's, what's with King six, six minimum, I, I got to think. Yeah, because he has like, he might have 10 six suited, but almost all the other sixes are either really pretty good or uh, a two pair, right? Or, or picked up equity on the turn, like nine six. 
Right, but who cares now if we have if we have right? What Jackson. I'm saying is those are likely to continue betting. Oh, I see what you're saying. Fair enough. Yeah, you might if you have a six, you might continue betting with with most of. That's fair. Okay, so yeah, I, king six, I think we can bet though. Okay, but that's the ver- the bare the very bottom, right around there for me. Yeah. Maybe you maybe I'm going to go a little thinner than you there, but fair enough. Like so I think I'm right around. There. I think the sizing is good by Negreanu to uh, to expand his value range in that way. I, it's real. I mean, how uh, let's forget about Marchese having ace queen here, right? He actually has bottom pair. Like, how do in the world will we ever think we're ahead with bottom pair here, right? Like, when he bets 110 after this action. Yeah, this is actually really great sizing from Negrano. Like, if he bet 250 and a 288, then it's like, well, you have, like, a two pair or better. Yeah, you've got a monster hand. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, no, I have one pair, and I likely have the best hand. Or and, you uh, could, I mean, you could also have the nuts and be betting this size. Certainly yeah. you could. But, like, he's going to probably be weighted more towards medium-ish strength and lower to medium strength hands, right? But that are, that are still value. Yeah. Um, here's one of his bluffs. He probably doesn't have that many bluffs either because what the hell bluff? I, unless he has overcards on the flop. That's the one thing. It's 7-10 and 9-10, right? It, those are the gut shots. Well, I'm saying on the flop, if he has like King Jack and he calls and stuff like that. Maybe, but 7-10 and 9-10 make, make like actual sense with the board. Well, Marchese needs that because he can't be King High and he can't be Queen High anyway, which are bluffing here. He can he only can, beat. He can definitely beat oh, those hands. Oh, he hit bottom pair. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, okay, that makes it a little easier for him though. I mean, okay, so let's just talk about what happens because Marchese calls. Yeah. Is this justifiable? I mean, he's right, but it feels, based on what we've just said, it feels like it's a bad call. If we believe Negreanu is going to call with all of his overcards pretty much, all his reasonable hand overcards, not just 9-10 and 10-7, maybe it's okay. Maybe, but think about how expansive the value range is if we include conservatively King 6 plus, right? Okay. Yeah, King 6, Ace 6. All of the eights. There are a lot of eights. Every eight, because that's every literally every eight in the deck. Not eight three offs. Okay, but so, so many though. You said literally. Okay. Um, but most eights. Most eights. Um maybe some fives. Nah, no fives. Let's say no fives. But definitely two pair hands. Well, yeah. Straights. There are some straights, there are some two pair hands, uh, for sure. It's a lot of combos of value. There are a lot of value here. Now we are giving him a very good price, an extra good price, even, you know, like because he bets so small. It's, he's getting uh, almost four to one on this call. Yeah. That's unusually good. Now, that's usually a problem because you're like, why am I getting such a good price? I mean, so I guess if you're getting four to one, like you said, it does kind of come back to if Negrano just has the random two overs that take this line. Yeah, because 10-7 and 9-10 is just not enough. It's not enough. But if he also has king-jack in hands like that, if he has like a bad ace and he's like, I'm going to bet just to fold out the better aces. You know? Yeah. Like I've got ace four or no, ace deuce. I've got ace deuce and I'm worried, you know, that is, is that okay? Can we have ace, ace deuce is a pair, but damn it. Ace four. Ace four is a straight. Damn it. Ace seven. There you go. Wow. I have a seven. <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst ace. Yeah. Ace seven. I've got a seven. I just want to fold out any better ace because it's because I should. I should be able to succeed there. Right? I think it's more about king and queen highs. Than yeah, the me ace. too. Me too. But then, but if we have a seven, it wouldn't be. That's all. Yeah. But I, I think like, there aren't that many ace highs in the Grano's range because, you know, yeah. A seven is the worst ace, and he's gonna three bet a lot of the better aces than a seven. And yeah, he might even be three betting the A seven so And he might sometimes time. be three betting King Queen. King he Jack. Might. That said, Negreanu really likes to call yeah. and keep the pot small. So True. he might not be three betting nearly as much as we're talking about. And like the A sevens may almost always be a call for him. And a lot of other players it won't be. Okay. So it all comes down to if he has these hands or not, though. Right, yeah. Does he have the overcard hands? Because if he doesn't, it's a bad call by Marchese. And if he does, it's fine. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. So how do we know? Like, for Marchese, I mean, like, we don't know. 
But how yeah. would Marchese know? So he's got history to go on. He's like thinking about everything. He's maybe trying to think about how is Negrano playing today. Yeah. Like what other things do you think about here? I don't know. I mean, you can you think about you, where you fit in your own distribution Yeah, uh, to help you make this decision. That's good. And I think it's pretty low. I mean, I feel like we have plenty of eights in our range that would play just like this. We probably have over pairs some of the time that would play just like this. I mean, if we're checking back top pair and better on the turn, then we're probably supposed to fold this hand. I think we're checking back top pair and better on the turn a lot of the time. It's a bad turn card for those hands. It's not a great turn card. There, are, there aren't very many good turn cards, really. You know, anyway. So, like, what's a good turn card if you have ace-eight that isn't an ace or an eight? Almost no cards are that good. A king is okay. A king is all right. You're right. But, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, right. not, it's not amazing. Right. Kings and queens, are, I guess, are pretty good, and jacks are pretty good, too. But almost everything else is kind of rough. Yeah. So, so I don't know. So, you're going to bet some of your ace, some of your top pair stuff, I think, when you're getting cards. Like but not this. all of them. No. You've got to check back a lot. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, so then that just makes, okay, so we're, so we're going to use, how do we think the has been playing now? How do we think he plays in general in these kinds of spots? Yeah. How often is he calling on the flop with, with these kinds of hands that we would want him to have? Yeah. Um, I guess another question, which we can ask anyways, like, am I picking up anything, you know, physically at all? Probably not is the answer. Probably not. Um, and then I don't, what else, what else would we use besides that? It's, I mean, it's then, then it's distribution, and I think we're yeah. pretty low on our distribution. Yeah. I think I want to fold still. I'm still down with folding. Yeah. I think I mostly want to fold, too. Well, Marchese is right. So maybe, yeah. he, maybe he did pick something up on Negreanu. Who knows? Because that feels like the only reason to call. I mean, Marchese is, is a, was, I assume still is, a very good player and was a very good live player. He was also yeah. a good online player, but he was also like very successful live. So maybe he did. He's also played a lot with Negreanu. Sure. So... They have a lot of history, and he has a lot of history, even not like in terms of a dynamic, but just watching Negrano play at the table, you know. So sometimes maybe he gets a, a, a tiny feel for stuff. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Either way, he wins the hand. Hey, well that's good, and for he him. gets the better of Negrano in the tournament as well. Negrano does not cash. Whoa, he gets sixth for a million and seventy-five thousand dollars. Jeez, Brian Rest, of course, wins for seven and a half million. Uh, Scott Seaver finishes second. Second. Connor Drynan is third. David Peters, fifth. Seidel, seventh. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Seidel, min cash in his way to history. Always. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave him so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home. And you